gentlemen welcome to no budget nightmares this is mo he's a bad film hating while i skating all the while masturbating that's, that's mo porn yeah. yeah and with me as always is the one and only doug tilly he's bow, doug bow, tilly bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy bow, bow, bow. mo it's <laughs> april <laughs> it's april <laughs> how the fuck did that happen <laughs> <laughs> You know the funny thing too is like is that it's it today's is April first, so it's April Fool's Day, and like we've been talking all day on Facebook about how we were. Well, I have been talking all day on Facebook about how we're recording tonight. Like honestly, like tomorrow we should put something up and saying, "Just kidding." <laughs> <laughs> you wait that, another two months, bitches. April Fool's jokes like that only work if people actually care if we release an episode or not. <laughs> That's a fair fucking point. That's a fair Mo, fucking point. Mo, uh, we have not recorded an episode since January of 2018. It's been quite a gap, uh, and we yeah, should ex- yeah. we should explain that uh, slightly. Uh, it's it's been a combination recently of us both being very busy and also you having some internet issues. Uh, yeah. It w- wasn't due to any storm this time; just general internet issues. No, this one had to do with you know not paying bills and stuff and uh, being super fucking poor. Yeah, you know, life in America, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, I, I went I went like a month and a half without internet at my house. That is crazy. Out. Like, oh my god, it sucked. But I got so much accomplished in Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you at least were productive during that time. I, I think you're taking the no budget thing a little too far. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're just bringing it into your everyday life. Let's see if I can live on zero. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mo, we are back. We're back in we 2018, and uh, there's nothing. St- there, nothing can stop us now. Uh, and uh, I don't know why I said that in such a like I'm referring to something. No, <laughs> Mo, nothing can stop us now. It's 2018. We're back. We're talking about low budget cinema. There's a lot of it out there. Uh, but today, because we're back, and because we've already announced it, we have something very, very exciting to talk about. Oh my God, do we? Do we ever? You know, when we announced this as the movie we were going to cover on this episode, it was with the knowledge that it had a certain amount of uh, cachet, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, among certain uh, uh, categories of movie fans. But I was skeptical about whether we would necessarily enjoy it or whether it was people just mocking it, which is always something we try to stay away from. And yeah. I was so happy to now have experienced Who Killed Captain Alex and to be able to give it my highest recommendation, Mo. A B minus. <laughs> it's a sliding scale, really. I mean, it, like oh, if yes. you're on if you're on the no budget sliding scale, I'd say this is like a good 
A. You know, you want to talk about like compared to like quote unquote real movies. I I, I, I don't like what saying that because they're all fucking real movies. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like it, obviously this isn't a a big budget Hollywood film or anything like that. But but <laughs> but. But you know what this is? This is a big budget Wakaliwood film. The biggest budgeted Wakaliwood film of the time. Uh, of uh, uh, p- Peaking uh, out, I believe, Mo, at $200. Uh, it, and you can tell. And, but that, but it's not that, it's not a, it, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Because let's face facts. You know, who killed Captain Alex? This movie that we're going to be getting into detail soon is arguably... I mean, right up there with Order of One as one of the most fun mo- times I have ever had watching a movie. Like, like I laughed, like, unironically. Like, I genuinely thought everything I was watching was incredibly funny and, like, just so much fun the entire I think, time. I think it's important for us to contextualize this movie from the beginning of the episode. Right, okay, right, So right, for those right. who are unfamiliar with Who Killed Captain Alex, A, you can watch it on YouTube legally for free right now, and we strongly encourage that you do that. Um, and B, it's the first Ugandan action movie, uh, for all intents and purposes, ever. Uh, it's it's a full length, It's in that mm-hmm. it's a little over an hour long. Uh, action movie with you know explosions and and bullets and helicopters. <laughs> it has all that stuff that you expect out of an action movie, except made on a two hundred dollar budget uh, in Uganda with uh, untrained actors. This is a, a very much a DIY type production, yeah. and and using you know available uh, props, available locations, available technology in order to make it happen. And as they and we will uh, will will tell you the warning that they give at the very beginning. This is not a um, attractive movie, and part of that has to do with the fact that they never thought it would ever be seen outside of Uganda. It was kind of a local sensation, and uh, there was, I guess, there was a discovery that uh, that this had the potential to be viewed and and be entertaining to people outside of Uganda, and it became kind of a minor sensation because of it. I right. actually remember Mo the first time I heard about this movie, a trailer ended up on YouTube for it. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. I'd already been somewhat familiar with, with Nigerian filmmaking and Nollywood films. Uh, yeah. But this was kind of a different sort of level. And I reached out to the director at that time. And he, he wrote back to me. And he was like, you know, we're, we're working out right now, like distribution and stuff like that. And we're not ready to do interviews, but maybe some other time. And that was like years ago now. But this is, uh, this is my first opportunity to sit down and watch it start to finish. And I really didn't know what to expect. But I'll tell you one thing I didn't expect, Mo. A running commentary that plays <laughs> over over the let, explain what I'm talking about here, Mo. All right, so all right, so there's a guy. His name's Emmy, okay, and he is what he refer, he refers to himself as a VJ, which I assume means video jockey. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 sort of okay if you think of if you're if you're familiar with like like island dance music you know uh which i know is not something that everybody's fucking familiar with but like there are there they're the djs who i was telling doug this before the uh the show started they're the ones who started that yeah yeah like blasting that horn like during <laughs> during songs and stuff and they talk over everything and it's a lot like that with just minus the horn thank goodness um 
But he basically just gives this running, constant voiceover commentary about what's happening on the uh, in the film. Um, you know, he'll make jokes about <laughs> stuff that's happening. He'll make fun of characters. Uh, you know, he he's it's and it's constant. It's from the very beginning. He's the first voice you hear. He's the last voice you hear, and it's just it's nonstop. And honestly, about five minutes in, I started thinking to myself, like, God, I hope this doesn't go on for the entire movie. Right. And then and then when it did, by the time the movie was over, I'm like, thank fucking goodness that happened through the entire fucking movie. I wish every movie had a guy I, who did this. I, <laughs> not every movie, but I wish I wish a lot of movies had a VJ who would just mock and, and you know, it, it was almost like a Ritz really. Mo, picture it. You're watching Schindler's List. You're right. And... And three quarters of the way through, someone goes, movie, 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 movie. <laughs> uh, this is from the Wikipedia entry for Ugandan film. Just to just to uh, uh, elaborate a little on what you just said, Mo. It says, audiences go to video halls where narrators called video jokers translate the dialogue and ah. add their own commentary. So I guess part of it is a translation effort. We should mention, by the way, that this video joker that speaks over the movie is speaking in English while the movie itself is not in English. Right, the, the and and both of them are subtitled. So sometimes you have multiple subtitles on the screen at once. At times, he actually drowns out the dialogue of the actual movie to the point where you cannot hear it. And believe me, even though the the movie itself has a slightly more complex plot than you might think, it's it's not hard to follow what the hell's going on. At least no, after you get past all. the first ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. Who killed Captain Alex Mo? Uh. Like I said, this is available freely on YouTube. Uh, it, it it will take some adjusting, though the people who are listening to this probably don't need much adjustment. Um, no, but- no, I think I think like standard film watchers would have a hard time, you know, not a hard time, but but it would take that that there's that curve. I, I feel like anybody who's listening to this show should be able to jump right into it without any real issue. Absolutely, and again. It's one of the few – I was actually looking back on this recently uh, because I was appearing on a different podcast and I was talking about you know some of the low-budget movies that we've covered on this show. And I was looking back to see how many action movies we've covered and it's very a very small number, right? Because It's that a might very, be, very small number. It might be the, the genre that's most difficult to pull off on a super low budget. And again, part of what I really love about Who Killed Captain Alex is the ambition of trying this and being like, okay – we don't have guns. We we don't have props for guns, so we will make them out of sticks. We don't have squibs. We'll do that with digital effects. We don't even have like bullet casings to drape around someone's uh, chest, so we'll just carve them out of wood and just drape them, and we'll just move on with it because that's enough to create the illusion, and it works entirely. Yeah. Yep. When you're not looking closely at the guns, it works entirely. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but the, it's, it's such a fast-paced... Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, and and a lot of that does have to do with the VJ, you know, because like even on us, even in slow scenes, he's cracking you up the whole time. So you're it's moving it the whole time. It's moving, you know. And so when the action does finally ramp up and really all like when the action ramps up, all he's really doing is just shouting like (laughs) mafia, commando, mafia, you know, commando, (laughs) commando. And, and, and it's fine. It's totally fine because now you got action. Uh, you got action on the screen. You know the movie's moving. Uh, the digital effects are surprisingly competent. Um, usually, <laughs> usually, usually there there are there are a couple of moments that are 
eerily birdemic esque, but you know, <laughs> for, for the most for the most part, you know, they're they're pretty well pretty well done. I mean, again, Ugh. the fact that this was made for two hundred dollars, um, every every dollar of that is on the screen. But it's also oh, yeah. it's I mean, this is a massive accomplishment, and it's such a huge accomplishment that it basically uh, broke this industry to the world. And you know now you have access to a lot more Ugandan cinema, and like that is, people in general need more exposure to world cinema. And this is not obviously, yeah. you know, this is a kind of a niche, very specific kind of thing. But part of the interest of watching Who Killed Captain Alex is the cultural aspect of it. And I mean, sure. I, 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 you know, not to get all heady or, or uh, mushy about it, but I mean, in this world. We need to bring ourselves together, right? We need to bring people together. And part of that is the understanding and the acceptance of other cultures. And this can only help to appreciate and enjoy the filmmaking, even though it it is obviously highly influenced by Western filmmaking. But the filmmaking of it and the enthusiasm on display. I mean, all I wanted to do was like talk to the people who made this movie and learn more about its making because that's how exciting it is to watch, right? Right, right. Who Killed Captain Alex Mo from the year 2000. 10 the year of our Ooh. lord 2010 again <laughs> we are we are recording this on easter sunday <laughs> he is risen directed by and written by nabwana igg uh I, I don't know about that being his birth name i think we get his uh um uh anglicized name at the end of the movie because he does a little uh outro at the end by the way we should mention that the uh the the vj commentator also Helps promote the next movie that he's going to make during this one. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. I love that. What was it called? Like it was Black something. Black. Uh, I know that they're promoting it very heavily over on their. Uh, it's Bad Black is what it's called. Bad Black. Bad Black. Yeah. Over on their on their Twitter, uh, and they're again very receptive Twitter for who killed Captain Alex. You know this they they are promoting it in every channel that they have available, which is I, I mean that is exactly what you want to do, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the epitome of low budget filmmaking, right here. I mean, this Absolutely. is this is exactly what you want to do. You're gonna get you get your name out there. You you know, he put the product out there for free once he realized that there might be a market for it. You know, and and go look at it. And and if you like, and I like what he says at the end. He goes, "If you like this, support." You know, the next movie. Yeah, because and, like, that's, that's how they get done. You know, yeah, and and it's you know they're not looking for millions. They want no. the money to make something better than they have here. And again. It, there's talent on display here, no doubt about it, because we've seen, and this is the thing that really we want to really kind of reinforce at the beginning. We watch a lot of no-budget movies here on No Budget Nightmares. It's kind of our bread and butter. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> this one is much more entertaining than like 99% of them uh, because it knows what the audience wants. It has yeah. a uh, it has a pacing that is constantly moving forward. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I mean, it, it really it, it encompasses all the things that we... Uh, kind of stress that low budget filmmakers should be, which is original. You know, use all the materials that are available to them. Never, uh, you know, and don't try so hard to imitate what you've seen that you end up kind of imitating like the pacing of like a Hollywood movie because right. you don't you yeah. don't have that luxury. If you have, if I have a slasher movie that's no budget and a slasher movie that's super polished, well, why would I watch just a pale imitation of the polished one? Exactly. Who killed Captain Alex Mo? Let's talk about the uh, the inter the uh, introductory titles that come on the screen. I'm sure you have them written down. <laughs> yeah, you know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It, uh, it starts with some text on the screen saying, uh, Who Killed Captain Alex, the world's first Ugandan action movie, was produced, written, directed, shot, and edited by Nabwana IGG in January 2010. It was made from his uh, home in the village of Wakaliga, and it uh, quickly became a sensation throughout the slums of Uganda. This is a lost film. All that survives is a low-resolution DVD master. This is due in part to the harsh working conditions, but uh, Nabwana IGG also erased his computer to be able to make his next action film. He never imagined anyone outside his own village would see the film. And I mean, that is, I mean, you can understand that entirely. So absolutely, I mean, anyone who's had like a hard drive filled to the brim because you're trying to edit a video project and then it's like, it's like I, I'm done. I mean, I guess for posterity's sake, I should keep all of this footage and all of this original content. But if I do that, then I have no space to make another movie. So exactly. let's, you know, put it on DVD, move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, like, when I when I made that movie that I did, not I know you have your thing. We're not talking about you here. We're talking about me. I didn't even <laughs> try. I didn't even. You were going up to rock paper scissors were, follow the original were, six. You were going to. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> I was in a similar situation. Like I had um like it was like a 1.5 terabyte you know yeah. hard drive, and I basically filled it uh, with all my material with all the raw material. When I finished my movie, I put it. You know, we put we put it out. We put we made some DVDs. I threw it up on YouTube, and then I just fucking erased everything except for the master file of the of, right. the, of the movie itself. And then what the movie does, which I found really uh, great and really smart, actually, is that it has sort of like an intro to Hollywood, where they show um, like a crew, like a, a film crew, on a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> And again, so let's let's explain how these helicopter shots are are accomplished. It's them shooting against the green screen. Uh, the helicopter is kind of a simple three D model with a moving rotor on it, and mm. the the locations that it's going to are just still shots with explosion effects added to them. And right. look, I'm not going to pr- pr- pretend that it looks like realistic, but it's perfect for the kind of movie that they're making. Exactly. Uh, but what they show at this beginning <clears throat> is this helicopter. Flying into a city and people dropping out of it and stuff exploding. And then it just cuts to them filming against a green screen to show this is how they were doing it. Outside, natural light, a green screen just hanging from a wall. And then you get to see the village around it. You know, people practicing fighting moves and people, you know, carving weapons together. And it gives you a context right from the beginning that this is not only something different. But it's also, you know, it takes a village. It's it's the whole village is working together to make this movie. And I mean, that's talk about inspiring. And I love the idea that everyone is on board. It's like we are going to make a ridiculous action movie. We're going to give a hundred and ten percent to make it happen. Right. Uh, there there is a great moment too, like where they're showing him filming the green screen because the guy kind of hesitates for a second before he drops down, <laughs> hanging from a rope, and they're and they're kind of mocking him. They're like, you know, a commando. You know, if you're supposed to be a commando, a commando wouldn't hesitate, jump in. And he goes, and then some little kid goes, but he, he he's not a commando. <laughs> like they're just mocking him, you know. And to see, it seems like it really does. And this is rule number one, I feel, for this show. How much we will enjoy a movie is based almost entirely on, on how much fun they seemed like they were having while making it. I mean, in some ways, with a Hollywood movie, it's a detriment to think that they made they had more fun making something than than the final product is in terms of enjoyment. But to me, it's right. almost indistinguishable in this case because that enjoyment bleeds onto the screen. Yep. So then it says, well, Hollywood, Uganda, home of the best of the best movies. That's not me being offensive. If that's how it's spelled. That's literally how it's spelled on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the VJ comes on 
And this is our first taste of this kind of hype man persona where he's like reading out the opening credits. And yeah. uh, and I you know I think this is a good opportunity to sort of introduce him to the people listening right now. This is the VJ. This is how he says the title of the movie. Ooh, kill the Captain Alexi. The Ugandan first action packed movie. Who killed the Captain Alexi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he laughs his way right into the opening sequence of the movie. Yeah. And oof, man, he's uh he's interesting. He's very interesting and will certainly I mean because the fact is since this movie is not in English all the audio clips that we have are are him speaking English over the movie yeah. for the most part, except for one exception. But that doesn't matter because, like Mo said, he talks nonstop. So we have plenty of audio clips in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, let, okay. So the movie starts with Captain Alex, who is the captain of some sort of military <clears throat> force in Uganda. And he is on the hunt for... Uh, a, a group called the Tiger Mafia. So they're they're the bad guys. Very simple setup here. We have the good guys led by Captain Alex. The bad guys are the Tiger Mafia, uh, and they both want to kill each other. So Captain Alex has been brought in, um, and and I think someone says only Alex can stop the mafias and kill them forever. And, but <laughs> there there mm-hmm. there is a. Um... Uh, it's really funny in my notes. Like you can tell where where it finally the joke finally clicks in my right? head that like this guy is intentionally being there to like joke about the movie because he, a- Captain Alex is talking to some women and uh, and Emmy says says no I like the boys you know and and we're like and I'm like oh so apparently Captain Alex is gay okay so in my notes it says meet we meet Captain Alex Uganda's best soldier he's apparently gay you know and I'm like that's all right you know obviously I don't give a shit one way or the other <laughs> but I but I, the, the joke wasn't clicking in my head that this guy is here intentionally making yeah. fun he's, you know he's just mocking the main character of yeah the movie. he's yeah it's the main character of the movie and he's just openly mocking him it's fantastic i did one of those things which are, are very rare on no, no budget nightmares which is i watched the entire movie and then i watched it again and took the notes which uh contextually was probably a good idea for that particular part yeah <laughs> then it goes right into captain alex and his men and they're brought into like their new training area and i mean this is also something where it reinforces that this movie at its heart is also a comedic action movie because right. they're basically brought to what is described as an open sewer. <laughs> and the man who is like owns the location that they're going to be training in, he tells them that he's going to tell them. He'll let them know every time he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, is the, this is the first time we get a good look at the weapons in the movie. There are a lot of weapons, Mo. Yeah. But how would you describe the weapons? Um, Painted PVC piping, basically. Yep. Painted yeah. piping, pieces of wood on for stocks and things like that. So yeah. when there is gunplay in this movie, and there's quite a bit of it. There's a lot. There's a lot. So these are not even mechanical pieces for the most part. Mm-hmm. The characters have to shake the gun around. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, uh, muzzle flashes are added to it digitally. And honestly, it works really well. <laughs> it does. It, like It really, really works. A lot better than a lot better than muzzle flash- flashes in some other movies I've seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that we won't name. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, as the VJ guy is joking about that they're going to bring in dancing girls and build a football pitch on the uh, on the location. And a little bit later, the, and this is the, the little bit later, we see a guy kind of like stirring in a big, uh, um, uh, like a, a bucket or whatever. And right. this in this sequence, it's hard to tell what's going on because the VJ is talking over all the dialogue. And this is like the one sequence where they don't subtitle the actual dialogue. So... I'm not. He just starts talking about that they're cooking German food, and that uh, then he makes jokes about cannibalism because why the fuck not? Yeah, he said they caught some German tourists, and he's he's cooking. It's uh, yeah, like at this at this point, I'm thinking like like have you ever seen Dracula the Dirty Old Man? Uh, You've mentioned it several times on this movie, Mo. But yeah, I have have yet to see it. I do have a copy. Because it's 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 sort of the same idea where like there's this sort of constant voiceover where it's like. It's basically like a Henny Youngman sort of like you know, or, sure. or maybe 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 even like a Rodney Dangerfield sort of thing, but where he's just making really bad jokes like over all the stuff that's actually happening. So it's it's the same thing here. I just assume that this is how the movie's supposed to go, except you know you learn that no no the movie itself. I mean, while somewhat comedic, is supposed to be taken fairly seriously. But then we've got this VJ you know, over the top, you know, making making all the jokes, and there's the comedy of it. It took so, me a while to get it. <laughs> well, I mean, understandable, because this is, again, yeah. a different tone than either of us are used to. Right. So, so Captain Alex, he is in, on the search for the Tiger Mafia. He suspects they might be being hidden by their family. But then we get to the first real sequence of the movie, which is, it takes place in a bar. <laughs> it is uh, not decorated uh, that well, but it's very clearly visibly a bar. It has a like an actual bar location, and there's yeah. like a stage for music, and all the soldiers are there, and they're like talking about you know how pretty the women are in this village that they've arrived at, and uh, they're all getting drunk. Uh, now, but I should mention by the way that on the IMDb trivia, they say that all the wine in this movie is actually paint. Uh, the stuff that they're not drinking, like in the bottles and things oh. like that, <laughs> and all the blood is paint too. So uh, let's hope we none of them. There's a couple of scenes where blood is dripping out of people's mouth mouths. Let's hope that that was pretty watered down. <laughs> so yeah, so these guys are just chilling out and getting drunk, and then we uh, we get a musical performance mo. Yeah, they bring out Natasha. Natasha to, uh, to sing we- for the soldiers. Come on, step to party. <laughs> Enough of that. So yeah, so you know, everyone's having a good time. The men start dancing. They are obviously very drunk. Um, and then so, uh, one of the soldiers starts dancing with Natasha on the stage. Someone grabs him. A fight obviously breaks out. Mo, and this is our first look at the action in the movie. Now, how would you describe the action? Uh, let's say the hand-to-hand action in Who Killed Captain Alex. I mean, honestly, it depends on the scene. Yes. Um, uh, like a lot of it is is amateurish. But yes. not in a but not in a bad way. It's almost like, uh, it's like watching like a less talented Sonny Chiba. You know, like you know what I mean. Like where mm. it's like brutal and violent. You know, but you know it's not. There, there's no uh, God. What the hell is the? 
Like there, there's nothing fancy about it. It's just right. punch, punching and kicking, you know. It, it's not and slick it works. action, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not slick, but it totally fucking works. Except there are a couple of guys in the movie who are super fucking slick, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's crazy entertaining to watch them fight because it's like they should not be here. They should be doing action scenes like in bigger places because they're that fucking good. But yeah, no, it's 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 good enough. It's it's fine for what the movie is. The other thing I like about it, and this is uh, one of the things I like about a lot of Korean action movies as well, is that the people involved seem to have little regard for their own safety. <laughs> so they're like Ain't throwing furniture around and slamming each other into things. And you could, you know, again, look, we want people to be okay when they're making movies. We don't want anyone to get hurt. But I do have a um, enthusiasm for people who are throwing themselves into the work. And it's like, look, you know, pain is temporary. Film is forever. Let's 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 beat the shit out of each other on film. <laughs> uh, so the men get their asses beat, and eventually Captain Alex comes in and he breaks everything up. Uh, one guy tries to attack him. He beats the shit out of him and points a gun at him because why not? Um, mm. He basically yells at his men and says, "You know, we're kind of here for a reason. We're trying to get Tiger Mafia. So get back to the camp." Um, and uh, and they all leave. And then the scene ends with the one of the I guess local men throwing a bottle at the bar uh, where there's a person behind it, but a clever edit covers the fact that she is not there when the bottle hits. <laughs> and then Mo operation cut tiger's balls. Yep. So <laughs> this movie does not let a significant portion of time go without some sort of action on the screen. This is basically just a military operation from some of captain Alex's men. They are going to attack uh, the Tiger Mafia. So we're going to get a sense of how the kind of wider scope of action occurs. And in case you're not sure whether that action is coming, uh, the VJ is here to say. Now you're going to see. This is how we do action in Uganda. Oh, <laughs> no one is enjoying the action in this movie more than the VJ. But what do we see here, Mo? There's some people crawling through the grass. Yeah, there's a lot of people crawling around. There's some gun shooting. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I mean, nothing fantastic or, or crazy over the top. It's just running, gunning, shooting, crawling, that sort of thing. It is the first time we see some of the gunplay. And, like, there's a sequence right. where someone is walking, like, they're hiding behind a bridge, under a bridge, sorry, while someone walks across it. And they shoot up through it. And, you know, it all looks pretty good. And in case you're forgetting what you're watching, you also get uh, the VJ saying. Who killed the Captain Alex is the movie? Production in action. Production in action. My God. He is constantly reminding us that we're watching Who Killed Captain Alex, which is very nice of him. Right. Exactly. So uh, so then we get we end up in a, a scene here where well, the Tiger Mafia shows up and right. like I don't know if, I don't know if they're at their base or if, no they're not at their base they're looking to do like a deal or something yeah, like that's that. That's exactly right. So they're trying and, to do uh, some sort of exchange. Right. And, and so there's one of the classic sort of bad guy slow motion walk scenes. And Emmy has Emmy has a line here that made me laugh so hard. He goes, he goes they walk slow because they think slow. <laughs> uh, and as is uh, very common in a lot of low budget uh, filmmaking, there is something on the lens for a good a good point. Yeah, there's the yeah, there's mud on that camera for a while. Yeah, it it just it, it look sometimes that would be distracting, and this one is just part of the charm. So the Tiger yeah. Mafia. Uh, well, we'll mention the members of the Tiger Mafia that are of note. 
um, in a little bit. But they're led by a guy named Richard. Uh, but Richard's number one guy is named Puffs. And that's an important character. So Puffs is the guy who's doing the the handoff. I guess it's some sort of drug exchange. It does, it's not actually defined. Um, he goes to make an exchange. While one of his gang members are taking a piss, the commandos, the commandos sneak up on him. And then they beat the shit out of him. And this is our first look at some of the kung fu in this movie, Mo. Right. And you mentioned before, some of the people who are involved in like the martial arts action in this are incredibly talented. Like, look, are really good. Yeah. Like really good at kicking. There, there's some amazing <laughs> kicking on display here. <laughs> and even Emmy uh, mentions it a couple of times because, like, well, he gets so the guy taking the piss gets ambushed and he starts fighting his way out. And you hear Emmy go, Tiger Mafia, super kicker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll get to the real king of Kung Fu a little bit later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in uh, this movie is violent. Uh, a lot of the violence has a lot of uh, not particularly convincing digital blood. But there's a great sequence here where the commandos sneak up on a guy and stab him in the throat. And it's pretty rough looking to be honest right <laughs> and he, but just to undercut that we also get the D, the vj saying that's commanders on the mission <laughs> <laughs> i i don't include a lot of it here but every once in a while while there's like any action going on he'll just yell out commando <laughs> <laughs> so the so g- Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having flashbacks to the watching the movie. Um, so we see we see the commando sort of on the hunt, and and Emmy's singing like la la li la lu la, you know, <laughs> o- over the background. It's just fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, and this is where they 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 end up killing that lookout, and like it's uh, it's amazing because the guy clearly doesn't have a knife in his hand. Right. You know, when he, when he stabs him in the neck. So he was clearly just holding on to, like, some kind of, like, container of red liquid. Right. But when he when he jabs the dude in the neck, he squeezes that container and all of his fucking blood shoots out. And it's brutal looking. It's, but it's, it fucking works. It's great. It's great because they established the knife in his hand beforehand before he right. does that move. So it's like it's like the classic magician thing, right? Yeah. And you know yeah. it all happens so fast. All you see is someone getting stabbed in the neck. It's really well done. Uh, and again, I, I I think we should mention when things are legitimately impressive in it. Right. So uh, we the th- this is kind of a lengthy action sequence where the gang members they walk away with the suitcase after the exchange because they don't know that the uh, the commandos are there yet. We briefly see one of my favorite characters in the movie. We mentioned him before. He is the mercenary, the Russian mercenary, who has this gigantic gun, and he has the bullets strung across his chest, which I mentioned before, are all just made out of wood. But we see him sort of start to fall asleep as the the, the commandos arrive, and uh, before it really kicks into the next action sequence, the VJ wants to remind us that... Commando. Commando. <laughs> you are watching Who Killed Captain Alex? And the first VJ in English ever from Wakaluot. This is how we enjoy movies in Uganda. <laughs> and now, Captain Alex, the musical. Well, it, <laughs> the musical. I'm so glad you added that. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I, I guess, 
we will talk about the music in this movie in just a little bit. He, he it's just him making a joke about it, Alec, Captain Alex the musical, I guess, because of the kind of music that's playing in the background. But I just right. love that he takes this. It's like we need to. Uh, if we, I haven't explained myself yet, this is who I am. This is the movie you're watching. This is how we watch movies in Uganda. And now you're watching it the exact same way. Right. Exactly. And so and so. There's sort of like slow walking and stuff exactly. while this music's playing, and and Emmy goes, "Wow, this music is good." And then like, then like action starts to break out, and like this with within seconds, like it's yeah. enough time for like a dot 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 basically. But and what's great goes, is right before it, right before it, he goes, "Action is coming, I promise yeah. you." <laughs> he goes, "Wow, this music is good." Dot dot dot. Commando. <laughs> And then as they're like fighting on screen, he goes, everybody in Uganda knows Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it's in this sequence, Mo, where one of the screenshots that you put up on the No Budget Nightmares Facebook. <laughs> what the heck one? <laughs> where a guy gets shot and screams and he goes, the VJ goes, Mamma Mia! <laughs> Mamma Mia! <laughs> So, and also, oh uh, I think God. the thing that, that maybe both Mo and I both took uh, away from this movie, uh, so there's a bunch of action going on, just lots of people shooting this way and that, some people getting shot, some people not. This sequence is going to end basically with um, the leader of uh, the, the Tiger Mafia, his brother gets captured, and two of Captain Alex's men get captured by the Mafia. But before that happens, while the action is going on, we get... Muffin! 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 I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch a movie from now on without yelling "movie, movie, movie, movie." Oh my god! I'm going to go see fucking Infinity War. <laughs> Once the first action scene breaks out, I'm just going to start shouting "movie, movie, movie." So as we mentioned, some oh, pe- god, some people damn. die, some people get captured, and this will be the kind of the impetus for the rest of the movie. So. Yeah. Now we, we get a real mm-hmm. introduction to Richard. He is the leader of the Tiger Mafia. He's sitting down in his lush apartment to watch a little television. He turns Now this is up. yeah, this is a fucking scene that we need to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Cause man, oh man. Alright, so yeah, like you were saying, he sits down to watch some TV and he pops on a music video, which is almost immediately interrupted by our favorite thing in low budget film ever. <laughs> A fucking newscast. I loved, I bet both of us had the exact same reaction, right? As soon as the newscast comes on, it's like, yeah. even in Uganda, they put a That's fake newscast. Exactly, on. exactly. I'm like, even in fucking Uganda, they put a fake newscast into their low-budget films. But here's the thing. Here's the notable thing. This <laughs> newscast is fucking good. Like, yeah, sure, it's clear that the newscaster is reading from a script down below her. That doesn't matter. The <laughs> fact just, is... She's just against a green screen with a galaxy behind her. And it's fine. And that's fine, too, because it fucking works. Here's the thing. It's a static shot of a television, and she's mm-hmm. green screened over the screen for the television. Yes, exactly. And so we actually see a television showing a newscast, and it works. And it's night. It's it's better than ninety nine percent of the newscasts that we've seen in the uh, what was a hundred plus fucking movies that we've <laughs> that we've covered in this uh, on this show. And like, I was just blown away because it's so good. Oh, so Richard is very very upset to discover that his brother has been captured by Captain Alex and his men. 
So he does what anyone would do. He takes like a big like pole and smashes the shit out of the TV right just before smashes it. Right before he smashes it, you can see that the green screen like image on it they just flicks off for a second because it would be very <laughs> hard to make that look right. And I love the VJ. He goes, he does not listen to bad news. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, as he's smashing up the TV, one of his wives come in and asks what happened. Um, she also says that the reason that his brother got captured is because he fights like a bitch, which is not probably the best thing to say to him. Uh, she mentions that Puffs is the one that saved her during all the fray that we just saw on the screen. Um, and Richard is not impressed. He says that he has dozens of wives, but only one brother. He really likes his brother. Yeah. So uh, he slaps her around. She calls Puffs and basically warns him that Richard's fucking pissed that his brother got uh, got. I I, I got to tell you, you know, as as bad as Emmy gives it to fucking Captain Alex, man, he gives it to Richard so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my brother, my brother! Oh! <laughs> just crying that, noises. That Richard words. has any emotion at all for his brother is just mocked mercilessly. <laughs> Or literally, like every time Richard comes on screen, he'll be like, "Oh, my brother, my brother." <laughs> <laughs> so Puffs is uh, again is the first in command of the Tiger Mafia, and he is um, very weary of Richard and the fact that Richard is a little bit crazy. So Richard gets all of the Tiger Mafia men together. Puffs explains how it all went down, that it was a surprise attack, uh, and that they couldn't fight off Captain Alex's men because they were too well trained. And that he saved the briefcase uh, that was part of the exchange. And your beautiful wife, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so Richard, after Richard responds to this by uh, first saying that she's a bitch. She gets very upset about this. So he shoots her. Yeah. And then he punches Puffs a bunch of times and basically just beats the shit out of some of the men in there, including the mercenary guy. Uh, he throws something at the mercenary guy. I'm not sure what it is, but it like breaks yeah. on him. <laughs> and both the mercenary and Puffs, they kind of roll outside and they're like spitting up blood because uh, because they just got their asses beat by Richard, who basically says to them, you have to now kill Captain Alex um, and I guess secondarily get my brother back. Right. Yeah, and so and so okay, so they're outside now at this point. We see Richard kind of stalking outside with a gun. And I don't know if it's I, I think it's Emmy who says, "Uh-oh." <laughs> <laughs> or or something to that effect. But there's a moment here where like they're making uh it's a very emotional moment about sure. Richard and his brother, you know, and how and, and and I and I think to myself for a second like, are we supposed to be empathizing with Richard? At the very least, I think we're supposed to be empathizing with some of his men. Maybe right. not Richard himself because he's so uh casual with human life. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Especially his wife who seems Fairly blameless, who he just shoots with no... Later on, by the way, there's a great sequence. Okay, we'll bring it up when it comes up about Richard's uh, 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 not caring that much about the value of human life. Right, right. So Richard, he's going to go try to take care of his brother while the rest of the men are going to go kill Captain Alex. And what he does to make this happen is he goes to the police station because he has learned that his brother is in that police station. We right, also, and he ha and yeah, we should also mention that he has a spy. He has a like, female spy in Captain Alex's crew, and in fact, not only is she in the crew, she specifically spends like every night with Captain Alex. Right, right. In fact, she says, "Captain Alex is my bitch. 
I have him in his tent every night. <laughs> Ugandan Matahari. <laughs> so Richard goes to the police station and talks to one of the officers there. Uh, and the officer says, you know, you don't have control here anymore because Captain Alex has arrived. And uh, this has some of the best uh, subtitle dialogue in the entire movie where Richard, who is fucking pissed off that he can't just waltz his brother out of the police station, says, <laughs> you think I'll just sit back as you try to eat me as if I were a juicy grasshopper? <laughs> <laughs> so so the officer's like, Alex, he controls the police now. And Richard goes, suck my dick. <laughs> and he goes, Know this, you diarrhea squirt. I will get my brother back. <laughs> and then the greatest thing happens, which Richard's like, he's so defiant. He's like, ah, fuck this place. He has this, there's a box of guns that's just sitting there. And he's like, yeah. my men need guns. So he takes the box and the guy's like, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, too bad. And he just walks yeah. out with his box he Just of walks guns. out. Just walks out <laughs> with a box of guns. Oh, man. <laughs> So, back at Captain Alex's camp, the soldiers are just relaxing, having a nice evening. I guess, I guess uh, you know, they're celebrating their, uh, their attack from before. Uh, and the, the spy from the Tiger Mafia, she arrives, uh, and, that is greet- and she is greeted by the soldiers and also greeted by the VJ who says, The Tiger Mafia spy. Nice bounce. (laughs) (laughs) Nice bums. (laughs) Oh, my God. So she goes to see Captain Alex, who's like in a tent. They have a couple of drinks, uh, and he starts to undress her. And this is when something gets revealed to me, Mo, that I wasn't aware of before. That there is a euphemism in Uganda for having sex that is apparently called beating the rat. Yeah, I... He says it over and over. It's like, let's beat the rat. Let's beat the rat. Yeah, I I obviously had never heard that before. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> there 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 is a great moment here too where um where the VJ reminds us. He says, "Remember, she's here to kidnap Alex." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love it. I love uh, this is like for the uh for the young generation who's always on their phones, right? You just need to have someone who's constantly reiterating what the plot is and what the motivations of the characters are. And so she tells Captain Alex to basically take a bath before they have sex. And he, he says, I hate bathing. A soldier should only be naked around his soldiers, which is very strange. Yeah. And then he mentions that he carries his gun everywhere, even to the toilet. So he leaves... And we and we have some footage of uh, of the uh, Tiger Mafia arriving, and then a gunshot. It, it it goes out on the soundtrack, and Captain Alex has been killed, but we do not know who killed Captain Alex. We know that the Tiger Mafia men have not done it. We know that the female spy has apparently not done it. Everyone says that they were not involved in murdering him, and that leads to the question of the movie Mo: Who killed Captain Alex? Well, maybe if we keep watching the movie, we'll find out. Well, of course we will. Why else would we watch a movie called Who Killed Captain <laughs> Alex if the movie did not reveal who killed Captain Alex? Uh, so, so in this, it, while all this is happening, uh, a couple of the uh, a couple of Captain Alex's soldiers get taken hostage 
because um, they didn't get taken hostage before oh, they get taken right. hostage. This is where they, they get, get taken hostage. Yeah, right, they right. get taken hostage here. And so we get we hear a couple of different soldiers debating about who they think killed him. One of them thinks that it's a couple of these soldiers who went AWOL the other night, and the other one thinks it's the Tiger Mafia. Yeah, which you, is, know. you would think, actually, it would be more likely to be the Tiger Mafia getting revenge for the attack before. <laughs> yeah. By, by the way, I always want to say, at the very end of the last sequence, we have, like, a sergeant who's, like, over Captain Alex's body, and he's very upset, and he's sending his men to look around the camp. But just as the sequence is ending, the VJ goes, where are your clothes? <laughs> 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 but like you said... Next day or whatever, the the soldiers are kind of debating like who could have possibly killed Captain Alex, and this leads to the arrival of the best character in the movie, I think. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, without a fucking doubt. <laughs> and in fact, before he arrives, we get the VJ saying this. Now a super kung fu masters here, not him, him from Ugandan Shaolin Temple. <laughs> He's from the Ugandan Shaolin Temple, Mo. Yeah, we have to we have to clarify that two different guys showed up at the same time. That's right. So they go, they go. Now here's a super kung fu master. No, not him. 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 <laughs> so now this, this guy, yeah, my this, fucking god, this this guy, this Ugandan Shaolin monk, he is the best martial artist in this movie. He fucking might be the best is, martial artist. Outside of Order of One that we've ever featured on No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and he might be up there with some of the guys from Order of One who were also fantastic. But it's, oh, man. All right, I'm done. Go. Okay. So <laughs> so this guy is Captain Alex's brother who has, I guess, very quickly heard about his brother's death. And he wants to join the investigation. And as I mentioned before, he is portrayed as a Ugandan Shaolin monk somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, so he wants to he wants to find out what happened to his brother. Then it cuts. Well, back. you've what you've never heard of the uh, the famous Wakaliwood uh, <laughs> Shaolin Temple. I mean, come sure. On. Well, he actually goes to it in a little bit, so we'll yeah, we'll does. talk about that. <laughs> so back at the Tiger Mafia uh, location, Richard is very pissed at Puffs for not bringing Captain Alex back to him, uh, and and Puffs reveals to Richard that Captain Alex has been killed. Now. Something very, very important happens here, Mo. Uh, the, maybe the most important thing in the whole movie. Clearly the most important thing in the entire movie. So the music in this movie is very much like stock library music for the most part. Some of it is yeah. inappropriate for the scenes. Some of it is actually pretty good for the scenes. But over and over from this point on for the rest of the movie is... Well, let's just play a little bit of it and see if the audience can guess what it is. They'll figure it out. <laughs> Go missionary. Okay, now that's a very small part of it and just the intro, but much more of this song plays. And if you weren't familiar from it, from this sequence, there's lots more of it in the movie. But Mo, what is that song? No, let's let's not tell them. Oh, we gotta tell <laughs> let's, them. <laughs> let's not tell them. <laughs> Look, holding back necessary information like that would be absolutely ridiculous, right? But thankfully, this movie isn't the type of thing to do to do that. Yeah, it would never it would never do that. So so in case you uh, weren't, you know, uh, familiar enough with the bit that we played, that was the classic song by the artist Seal known as Kiss from a Rose. And it's a like a like a MIDI version of Kiss. Yeah, it's like a MIDI pan flute version. (laughs) 
and it plays a lot for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Hey, I'm not complaining, man. I never, I, I don't ever get tired of uh, Kiss from a Rose. Never. Not, never. not ever. Not ever. So, uh, the the mercenary, so Richard is basically saying, you know, you guys got to go back and, uh, and, and, and I guess not get Captain Alex, he's dead, but get his brother. The mercenary guy basically suggests that he wants more money, so Richard beats the living shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> they, there's, you know, like, honestly, this entire movie could have just been, uh, the entire episode, I mean, could have just been us, like, playing the movie and just laughing at everything that Emmy says, because it's <laughs> fantastic. Because there's another line here and this is one of, I mean, this is not my favorite. We'll get to my favorite line, which I don't think we have an uh, uh, an audio clip for, but it is my favorite line in the entire movie. The, here, they, they uh, Richard tells them to go get the hostages that they have, right. and Emmy's and Emmy says, "Now expect the unexpectable." <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Expect the unexpectable. Um, while that's going on, uh, Alex is now. I don't. I don't know what Captain Alex's brother's name is, so I'm just going to call him the Monk for the rest of that's this. That's what I. That's all I call him. He's uh, he's looking around his brother's tent. And well, they, I call him the monk until they introduce him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, the soldiers who are on, uh, who okay. So so the monk is looking through his brother's tent, and the other soldiers they don't think much of him. They basically mock him and and say that he's an idiot who thinks war is easy. So they basically separate after that sequence after something that happens in just a moment. So they bring the men in. They don't know who killed Captain Alex. The the Tiger Mafia guys don't know who killed Captain Alex. Richard is very frustrated. So he looks right at the screen and in one of the only lines of English in the entire movie says, Then who killed Captain Alex? Who? And that's the question, Mo. Who killed Captain Alex? You know, Mo, this would be a good chance to tell the uh, audience, our listeners, who did cap- kill Captain Alex? Well, we're just gonna have to keep watching. We're just out. gonna have to keep watching, I guess. <laughs> so a kung fu fight breaks out because, of course, it does. Um, so uh, we should mention where this is. This 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 breaks out. So Alex's brother is basically told by the military guys to fuck off, and so he yeah. goes to his Shaolin temple. Right. I guess it just looks like a building. <laughs> and he gets there, and some guys are, I guess, martial artists are there, and they basically tell him to fuck off. And then it turns into a fight. <laughs> it's actually a really impressive fight. It's a great fight. Uh, Emmy makes a joke about how how uh, one of the guys gets punched in the face and he, and he calls it a Ugandan kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, uh, like that, that's, that's pretty funny. That's now, pretty we funny. should mention that some of the action, some of the hand-to-hand action, it, the, the video was sped up to make it uh, a little bit more... Uh, I guess a little smoother on the screen. It's very obviously sped up, but it's, <laughs> it, it's not Benny Hill or anything. But you, you won't, you will not, you will not uh, not notice that that's happening. Right, exactly. And so then uh, I believe the, the master shows up. Yeah, the master shows up. Who Emmy calls the fat master. He calls him the fat master when he arrives. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, uh, what the monk wants is the master to give him permission. To use martial arts to uh, find out who killed his brother, and the master yep. and the master says that martial arts are not for revenge, and he refuses to help him. So uh, the monk just leaves, and then the VJ goes, "Next time, bring me sweets." <laughs> <laughs> back uh. back on the, with the commandos in the base camp, uh, mm-hmm. the spy, the female spy, she returns. 
Um, and they, at least some of them, seem to know that she is a spy and is kind of counting on her leading them to the Tiger Mafia. I don't know how they figured that out. I, I met, you know, you would have thought that she would be the number one suspect in having killed Captain Alex and she was the last one to see him alive. <laughs> All right. So the Shaolin monk, he's asleep in a tree. And uh, he, uh, I guess he's hungry or whatever. And he, he, he kind of hops down from the branch that he's laying on. Right. And, and Mo, then what happens? All right. So at this point, uh, the, you know, we, we've got Emmy doing doing VO work uh, as he's been doing constantly through the entire movie so far. Uh, and they talk about him um, uh, wanting to do exercise, that sort of thing. But he sort of but he announces him. Yeah. You know, like he like he int- like Emmy introduces him. Obviously, this isn't his real name. This is Emmy making a joke, but it's fucking fantastic. Let's and you hear should, it. And you should play it. Let's hear it. Yukantan Bruce Lee. We call him Blue Seal. <laughs> <laughs> so now, for the rest of my notes, I call him Bruce. <laughs> he is Bruce Yu. Uh, Bruce Yu. Who proceeds to uh, build a fire and start cooking a fish over it. And that leads uh, the, the VJ to go, a super master of kung fu. A super master of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> he hears something in the bushes next to him. And it ends up being Richard's wife from uh, a, a few sequences earlier. Remember, he shot her, but apparently he did not kill her. She's been injured and has, I guess, lost her memory. Um, and he gives her some water, helps her heal up. Um, and then he gives her a shirt and something to kind of help the the wound on her arm. Right. And uh, Emmy makes a joke about this, too, because he makes a joke about everything. And he says, he says I've never seen a woman before. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the base... Uh, the soldiers are still upset about Captain Alex, and they don't have a leader anymore. But one of the female soldiers says that she knows about a commando who is ruthless with drug dealers. Um, and she, someone asked him, like, where is he killed before? And she says, Colombia, where he chopped off the head of a drug dealer, as well as Russia and Pakistan. And that he's in Uganda on vacation, so they're, they're going to hire him, and this new guy, uh, to kind of lead their commando squad. Perfect. That we got to so- cut back to, yeah, we cut back to a... Uh, uh, a scene of uh, of our friend Bruce Yu uh, tr- <laughs> training, and uh, you know he's he's <laughs> doing push-ups in the water, yeah, because because why not? And then and then we have Emmy with this inspirational <laughs> quote: "He does not need wings to fly." <laughs> <laughs> he's just running around very quickly. Yeah. He does not need wings to fly. Uh, but he's doing some very impressive kicking. Uh, he's yeah. also doing sort of uh, traditional kung fu movements. However, I would say that they don't look like they're actual kung fu movements. It looks like he's just moving in a way that kind of is imitating classic kung fu moves. Sure. But hey, why not? It works. <laughs> and then it leads to something which might be, I think, Mo, your favorite line in the entire movie. This, Even- is, my, this is my favorite moment in the entire fucking movie. I couldn't All include right. it because it's a joke that only works with what's on screen in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, in combination yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. So, yeah. the, Bruce, he <laughs> catches a fish, puts it on land, and uh, Richard's wife goes up and uh, asks him, can I eat this one too? And then there's a quick cut back to Bruce <laughs> where where we get Emmy going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, back with the... <laughs> Back with the Tiger Mafia, they have kidnapped some reporters, some news reporters, uh, basically to get the word out that Richard is pissed and he wants his brother and that he's willing to kill some of his uh, the soldiers that he has hostage. But, you know, it's a very simple thing. He has the the the, the newscast uh, is has got like a handy cam for for their broadcast. But and also the, my favorite thing about it is their microphone has that kind of you know how uh, microphone for uh, for newscast they have like the, the square piece. That is right below the uh, right the, the mic itself, uh, which has like yeah. a logo of. In this one, it's just like a piece of paper that's been folded into a square that's around it. <laughs> but it gets it gets I, the job done. I, I, yeah, I mean, and talk about getting the job done too. Like Richard demands that the newscasters get him onto live television right then and there. And so, she, <laughs> so so the the director, the producer, whatever you want to call it, breaks out like this old fax machine <laughs> just from out of nowhere and calls them on this giant fax machine. Does the job. <laughs> it does the job. It's oh my god, the visual of it is so fucking great though. <laughs> so uh this broadcast is watched by I guess the the highest up military guy. Yeah. Um and and uh and he so he sees the Richard uh break in and that he wants his brother right now and he has hostages and he's gonna start killing he even starts shooting kind of randomly and this this um military guy asks for the reporter to be brought to him and basically he wants the reporter to tell him where Tiger Mafia are stationed so they they'll know where to attack. Uh, this also is a very important sequence where the Richard's wife who is still with the uh, monk Bruce. She has fallen asleep, and her shirt has writ- written up. So now we can see a giant tattoo of the letters T and M on her stomach, which reveals that she is a member of Tiger Mafia. Right. And so Bruce asks her about Tiger Mafia, and this leads to a flashback. Mo, I know a flashback that you have a particular <laughs> affinity for. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention that this flashback is both in black and white and for some reason has a heart silhouette around it's it. Got a, it's got a heart-shaped vignette. <laughs> Where the wife has been strung up, I guess after she was initially caught by the Tiger Mafia, and they gave her a uh, ultimatum. She can either die or marry Richard. So that's, I guess, how she ended up getting married. <laughs> Jesus and we see another Tiger Mafia female, and maybe I guess one of Richard's other wives, basically insult her and throw water on her and basically torture her. And, you know, in what is a very serious sequence, we also get the voiceover <laughs> saying that the reason she's being tortured is... She was caught watching Nigerian movies. <laughs> But you missed you missed it before. <laughs> oh yes, your favorite part. You missed it before. It's I mean it's so wrong, but so funny at the same time. Where Richard's like demanding to know if she's gonna marry him or not, and he smacks her, and Emmy just goes, "Welcome to Uganda." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god, it's so fucked. Oh, hashtag so, dead. <laughs> and, and, and the other wife burns uh this woman with a cigarette and then and then the vj goes i'll never watch nollywood again please (laughs) so it cuts to present time the wife now admits that she was married to richard and the monk makes her 
take him to the base. So now we have the plot is what's going on is that we have the Tiger Mafia. We have Bruce the Monk who's going to attack by himself. We also have the Commandos who have a new leader who are also going to attack the the base. And the base, by the way, is a, an abandoned school and there's also like a playground outside of it. Yes. <laughs> so we are now introduced to that new commando leader who is like, he's got like a map out and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> the, this is actually probably my favorite line where, <laughs> where the VJ goes, <laughs> he fights drugs and uses drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a feel, I have a feeling that this is probably like, if I had to guess, I would assume that this is your favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> well, Mo, I don't know why you say that, but so we have all the military guys sitting around and they're basically like strategizing. By the way, right. w- th- that cop from earlier, the one that Richard tried to intimidate, he's there and he actually uh, puts on like a walkie-talkie so Richard can hear everything that's being said here. But none of that's important, Mo. What's important is that as they're all sitting around, the VJ starts making <laughs> fart noises. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. The, uh, the military leader, he wants snipers and a machine gun. And as we'll find out in a little bit, he also wants a helicopter. And that'll be very important. And but this- none of this matters because the VJ is making fart noises fart over noise. the whole thing. <laughs> he also ends by... It's the most... He also ends it's the, the most se- Im- It's the most immature thing uh-huh. I've ever heard. And it's just fantastic. He also ends by uh, advertising the next movie from Wakati with Bad Black. <laughs> so it's like, look out for this movie in the future. <laughs> so uh, Bruce, the monk, arrives at the base and he starts kicking the shit out of all the soldiers that he encounters. Um, he eventually gets captured, but I'm not exactly sure how that happens. But uh, the new commander, then he's, he's back at, at the uh, good guys base with a bunch of his men. And this part is really funny, too, by the way. He basically tells them, stay the hell away from me while you're out there. He tells them to go. He's like, come on, pretend to listen. He's uh, going to send them in. They're going to go chop Richard's head off. He's going. He sends one of the men on a motorcycle to go get a helicopter. And they're all going to head in and attack the base. Yep. We do get a random shot here after that scene of just some birds. Yes. And the VJ just says, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know why I found that so funny, but like, <laughs> like that fucking killed me. Just dinosaurs. Yeah, those, that, that's, those uh, birds are near the base where the, the guy has to cut some wire and steal a helicopter. I don't know why the military guy has to steal a helicopter. Should, like, aren't no, they? No, it's not. It's not. No, no, no. It's not the military oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Stealing. Sorry. It's the Tiger Mafia guy yeah, who's so, stealing the helicopter. So, Okay, so just to clear that up because I was so confused. So the military <laughs> guy, there is a military guy going to get a helicopter. But remember, Richard is listening in on all their plans while this is happening. So he sends a guy to steal a helicopter at the same time. So that's why he's cutting the wire and basically killing a bunch of soldiers and then stealing a helicopter. Which, again, let me reiterate... There is no helicopter that's actually physically there. <laughs> it is a uh, a CG model uh, that's almost entirely black with with spinning rotors where the guy has been green screened into the pilot seat of it. It's fucking amazing. It's so good. It's so good. And what he does with the helicopter is even fucking better. But we'll we'll get there in a second. So we're, by the way, we're like 10 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie's almost done. The movie's almost done. Richard is is like working, like basically preparing for this attack. One of his men brings in a group of men who he says that he trusts them implicitly. Basically, Richard says, do you trust this guys, these guys? And he says, yes. So Richard points to one of them and says, 
who is this? And the guy goes, that's my nephew. So Richard shoots him in the head and he says, never trust anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Then they bring in Bruce, the monk, who has been captured by the men. And Richard uses this as an opportunity to test out these new guys. And they all try to attack uh, Bruce, who then proceeds to kick the shit out of all of them. (laughs) Just utterly fucking death. It's four on one. And he demolishes them. I have a question for you, Mo, since we're so close to the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. what happens to Bruce the Monk in this movie? <laughs> Who fucking knows. He just vanishes. <laughs> he just disappears. <laughs> so the Tiger Mafia guy has stolen a helicopter, and he is hovering above uh, a city, <laughs> a nearby city, Mo. And what does he decide to do with this city? <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to get a hate mail for my laughter this time. Um... So he he basically smashes the helicopter into a couple of buildings that, that just collapse. It's, it's so stupid. I think we're supposed to think he's shooting them. I don't know if he's necessarily supposed to be running into it, but watching it, but it, it looks, just looks like he's running looks. into. So these buildings, which again are just static photos, which have been edited to collapse on the screen. Oh. It's it's amazing. It is so great. Oh my god! Like, and, and, by the way, Mo, oh. if we've forgotten what we're watching, fifty-six minutes into the movie, uh, we also get to hear the Ugandan first action party movie. <laughs> Who killed the Captain Alex? Is the movie? <laughs> you are not going to forget that you are watching Who Killed Captain Alex. Nope. So. Oh so, by the way, so this is now my favorite part of the entire movie that's just about to come up. So we see the commandos. They're all going through, like, a jungle-ish uh, woods area, uh, like, crawling through water, heading towards where the Tiger Mafia are. Um, you know what the fucking crazy thing about that is? Is that, like, in a few minutes, it becomes crystal fucking clear that that jungle is somebody's backyard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> by the way, there's also some Tiger Mafia people in that jungle. One of them trips over, like, a booby trap. And, like, one of those spiked logs hang, fucking comes down <laughs> and kills them. But anyway, say so back with Richard, a uh, one of the soldiers, one of the kidnapped uh, members of the commandos, has gotten free. And he's holding two of Richard's wives hostage. And Richard's response to that first is, I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> and then a man, like, a, one of his soldiers, one of, uh, sorry, one of the Tiger Mafia come, comes in and says to Richard that, um, that they're surrounded. So he's like, I don't have time for this shit. So he shoots the man, shoots his two wives, and just walks off. <laughs> he just murders the fucking guys, everyone in the room, basically. Because he's like, all right, I got to take care of this. <laughs> By the way, while that's going on, the monk is still beating the shit out of those guys. He's just in the back he's... of that same room, just killing them. So from here on out for the, ne- the next few minutes... The action is fast and furious. There's a helicopter just blowing the shit out of the Tiger Mafia location. There's gunplay in the jungle. People are shooting the shit out of each other. But one of the things that happens is that there's a a helicopter flying ahead. So all the people try to escape from this building, all the Tiger Mafia people. And uh, they, at one point, climb over a wall, Mo. And (laughs) as one of the female members are climbing over a wall, her pants ride down a little. And then this happens. Get it, get it, get it. I mean, what the fuck is going on in this movie? (laughs) 
doesn't he like two seconds later say like one hell of a movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think he even then says he goes search for more panties. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so the Tiger Mafia are now on the run because they're being attacked on all sides. Uh, we see the mercenary with the giant gun. He is blowing the shit out of everybody. At one point, he swings on a vine and kills a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> there's Some of them are like doing hand-to-hand martial arts combat. It's just fucking crazy. Uh, Richard is mowing down a bunch of people with his gun. Uh, it's just constant gunplay. Lots of like uh, fake digital blood going everywhere. At one right. point, eventually the mercenary guy, he's killed. I don't know what happened to... Uh, to puffs, he just kind of vanishes. I don't know if he got killed or not. Maybe, yeah. we'll... but uh, then, then eventually the Ugandan chopper arrives, and the VJ goes, "Ghetto Air Force." <laughs> Ugandan Ghetto Air Force. <laughs> oh my god! The commando leader. Yeah. yeah so Sorry? it's at it's so it's at it's at this scene here, like right after he says Ugandan Ghetto Air Force, where you you get a, a shot that maybe they should have blocked it a little bit better. <laughs> Because you, you, okay, all the other jungle scenes are like, I, like, even in my notes, I'm like, wow, Uganda has a, like a seriously great jungle for gunfight scenes. Sure. You know, and like, this is fantastic. And then we get this weird shot where in the background, there are like houses, you know, there's just like homes back there. And like, <laughs> oh, they're not in the fucking jungle. They're in somebody's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so the the chopper arrives the commander leader tells him basically to bomb the jungle uh and then basically everything gets blown up uh we uh including the tiger mafia chopper which also gets blown up i i'm not exactly sure i think someone shoots it richard <laughs> the leader of the tiger mafia he gets shot and he gets captured by the commandos who walk off with him uh the vj yells i'll kill you all in sequel <laughs> <laughs> Then we get another news broadcast, which does the classic uh, exploitation move of mixing real news footage with the footage from the movie, uh, where they're saying basically that uh, a police helicopter bombed the workers' house building in Kampala while they show like the stuff from before. We see the the head head military guy. He gets a call on the phone from some sort of minister, asks him about the security situation, and he says something like, "Ugandans enjoy martial law," and that mo. <laughs> Is the end of the movie. <sighs> yeah, and is. text comes up on the screen. But who killed Captain Alex? And here's the thing, Mo. We don't know. And my understanding know. is the director does not know either. And in case you're not sure about, about everything, uh, the VJ comes on once again to say, I hope you enjoy the Captain Alex. And be sure, tell everyone. That you got is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh my god. I love I love that it, it builds this crescendo of this like everything blowing up. Bad guy captured the end. <laughs> the closing credits um uh, has have a few yeah, it's it's a very short closing credits, but over it there's some sequences of people working on making the movie. And look a documentary on the making of this would be almost as interesting as the movie itself. Oh, simply I would because, love to watch that. Yeah, and there is—I think there is a a few. I think there's a Vice documentary that explain that talks about Wakaliwood and and some of the the how it came about, which might be maybe we'll, we'll link that in uh, in the show notes. 
but um but we see like the director editing it and we see the guy carving the bullets and uh, someone applying makeup to the actors while people are dancing around it's actually really terrific um and by and by the way it doesn't end before the vj says that uh that if you ever come to uganda visit my video hall <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i would too like if it's... i if i for by some freak chance i ever find myself in uganda I'm oh going it's bound to, to happen video hall. <laughs> yeah I'm going to that dude's video hall. I want to shake his hand because of how goddamn entertaining he is while while I was watching this fucking movie. I loved it. I loved the whole thing. So he says, this is the end. Goodbye. And then there's a short video clip at the end of Isaac Nabwana Godfrey, who I guess is the the actual dire- the director's anglicized name, uh, who's the director and producer uh, at Ramon Film Productions. And he talks about why he made the movie free. He said he wants everyone to watch it around the world. And he mentions a Kickstarter and that you can go to wakaliwood.com to help support their future work. And he says, I dedicate this movie to you all. All the while he's saying this, there's a guy in the background trying to fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> and Mo, did you did you then watch what happens after that? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I laughed so hard the entire time. Like, I think my sister thought I went insane. Like I was just sitting in my room laughing my fucking head off because he's just, he's announcing like they're announcing all the, all the next movies. Yeah. The upcoming slate for Hollywood. Yeah. And there's a dozen of them. They're, like it just keeps going, keeps going, you know? And, uh, and I, I didn't write down all the names. I'm sure you did. I, uh, uh, I did. <laughs> yeah. So the VJ yeah, comes back, despite the fact that the VJ has already said goodbye twice. He comes yeah. back once again to tell us that uh, coming soon are Ugandan Ninja, which, by the way, I got to see that fucking movie. Uh, yeah. Bad Black, which I believe is the next one that really will be available. Revenge. The Ugandan Ghost Story. Crazy People. Eaten Alive in Uganda, which sounds amazing. Plan 9 that, from Uganda. Sorry? Hold on, hold on. Is Eaten Alive in Uganda, that's the one where he jokes that it's based on a, on a true story, right? <laughs> he goes, this one is true. Then he goes, Plan 9 from Uganda. And then he goes, this one is a lie. This one's, <laughs> this one's a lie. <laughs> then there's, there's Juba the Snake Girl, Rescue Team, uh, Bakunja, Takunja, Miti the Cannibals. Then there's a movie called Tabatu Sausula. And then it just says... Ebola on the screen. <laughs> but the way he announces that second to last one is so... Yeah. Fu- I wish you had gotten an audio clip of that. because Well, it's so- Mo, great news. You can hear an audio clip of that right now. And... Ebola. Oh. It's amazing. Like, I... Like, just like... And then, then he he says Ebola, and then he goes, "Okay, you can go." <laughs> that was "Who Killed Captain Alex" from the year two thousand ten. As we oh, have mentioned man. a few times now, it is readily available to watch on YouTube for free. It's been watched, I think, at this point by over two million people, uh, and you should add yourself to that list. It is yeah. incredibly entertaining it's so I, much I share I, I shared the link to this on my facebook page i'm gonna i'm gonna toss it up on my on my twitter one too that that's how serious i am about how much i want everybody to fucking watch this movie that I, i'm actually posting something that's not monster hunter related to my fucking twitter page because the, this this movie needs to be seen it needs to be seen yeah. like you know like like and, and you you do you do it as well as just as much as i do where we uh you know celebrate 
foreign Absolutely. film. We, you know, Absolutely. we, we, we appreciate it to no end. And we tend to talk a lot about the big names. We talk about Japanese film. We talk about Korean films. You know, we've talked on occasion about Indian films, you know, and, and this is the first time I think, well, the, me in particular, like has ever really delved into the African film market, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and I, I just had such a fucking blast with this that I want people to understand that there's other, like there's other places other than the big film markets, you know? Yeah, sure. You've got Britain, France, you know, Korea, Japan, blah, blah, blah. Look for the, the, the weird little micro budget indie, you know, stuff coming out of places like Uganda, you know, look at Nollywood, look at, you know, like the, there, there are other places. So I'm going to share this. I shared it already to my Facebook. I'm going to share it to my Twitter account. Like, honestly, everybody needs to watch this because once you realize like that, there's a guy who's just joking over the entire movie (laughs) and that, and that this is how they watch movies in Uganda, that like, that's incredible. Like, honestly, if somebody did that here, like in an actual, like, video hall like or like movie theater whatever you want to call it i'd be pissed i would be pissed as all hell but this i fucking love the uh the vice Ooh. uh the vice story on uh what Hollywood is called the new wave of ultraviolent ugandan diy action cinema which which is a great description of what this yeah. movie is you mm-hmm. know this is diy to the extreme it is not polished at all but nope. if you're the kind of person who's listening to no budget nightmares then you you appreciate a uh, the, the the enthusiasm and the effort and the again a lot of skill also went into this from a variety of different areas. So if yeah. you are looking for a good time, hey, who killed Captain Alex is a great time, and it's not going to cost you very much, and it didn't cost them very much either. <laughs> but I strongly recommend it, and you know it it really it opens up a certain category of world cinema, as you were mentioning, Mo, that we have not covered on this show. We've tried to, again, investigate more than just, you know, North American or even just British uh, style films. We have gone outside of that when we can before, but this does open up the possibility of like us doing like a Nollywood movie in the future as well. And as well, we should. Well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if, I don't know if we should cover a Nollywood film because (laughs) I don't want to be strung up and and have a bucket of boiling hot water thrown on me. Mo, what are we going to watch next on the No Budget Nightmares podcast? Which, by the way, it will not be two months from now when we cover this. We're, we're for all intents and purposes, two weeks from now, we're going to be back recording, Mo. And when we do that, what are we going to be talking about? All right, this one's exciting. This, uh, you know, as, as exciting... As Who Killed Captain Alex was, this is also super exciting. This is a movie that both you and I have, on separate occasions, uh, uh, interviewed the director of. Um, I did it for my for my old podcast. You did it. You did yours as a written one, right? I did a written one. That's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is an absolutely batshit insane movie. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be putting making uh, the sequel soon, so we figured it's time to cover uh, to cover it. We are going to watch The Taint. The Taint from 2011, directed by Drew Baldick and Dan Nelson. Um, Drew is someone, as yeah, we both interviewed him in the past. One of the things that's extremely notable about The Taint is that it has an amazing soundtrack. I mean, one of the best yeah, low-budget soundtracks that I've ever heard. And I listen to it just for like general enjoyment all the time. It really is worthwhile. Just a couple of weeks ago, Drew announced that the uh, sequel is on its way. So what better time than now, Mo, to cover... 2011's The Taint. 
I love that he uses the T2 logo for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's that's really fucking clever. I fucking love it. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Mo, where can people find out more about the No Budget Nightmares podcast? Oh, I mean, obviously, if they want to, uh, you know, they find the easy way, they can go over to Facebook, uh-huh. uh, do a search for No Budget Nightmares, will come up, or you can just go right to No Budget, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. They can also go to nobudgetpodcast.com, check out all of our archives. Why don't you subscribe to us on iTunes? You can even leave us a review. We'd appreciate it very much. There's also a link to our Patreon on there if you want to contribute to the show. It's just about time to uh, to do the new hosting costs again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm also going to be unemployed in a couple of, of weeks, so uh, I'd really appreciate a little contribution if, if, if it is in your hearts. Uh, you can also follow No Budget Nightmares on uh, Twitter, just go to uh, at no budget podcast, all one word. And speaking of Twitter, Mo, you're on there as well. I am. <laughs> I am at drunk. <laughs> I, I am. At- <laughs> I am. I am at drunk on VHS. And you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E. Why? Mo, have you seen anything interesting in the last two months? <laughs> You know, I have, and heaven help me if I can fucking remember a goddamn thing. Dude, I have been playing so much fucking Monster Hunter World that, like, it just, it destroys all of my spare time. I've logged, like, 280 hours into that fucking game, um, and that, that's been my life. I've just been, you know, I, I go to work, I come home, I play Monster Hunter, I go to bed, wake up, and repeat, you know. So no, I I not, nothing that I I mean yes I've seen movies and fuck me if I can remember what any of them are but you know I've I know I've seen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will mention Mo that I was recently attending the What the Film Festival in Toronto, which is a festival put on by um, TIFF Midnight Madness pro- programmer Peter Kaplowski and Justin DeClue, who's a filmmaker, and they basically Peter watches all those movies for. Uh, for Midnight Madness at TIFF, and there are some movies that don't fit that mold or are a little too weird or a little too esoteric or DIY, and he wa- he has this festival each year to show off some of those movies. This is the movie, he showed Junkhead Mo, the stop motion movie that uh, the Japanese one that was basically made by a single person in their apartment over like years and years. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, the, some of the movies that were shown at that uh, include a movie called Mango Shake, which is just the most unbelievably strange uh, hmm. shot on video, crazy, no budget thing that I've seen in a very long time, as well as a movie called Greenhouse, which is uh, a little bit more standard in terms of plot, but the editing is off the fucking wall. Like there's a sequence in it, Mo, where like there, like several times there's these two characters and they're talking back and forth. And instead of cutting to their face as they're talking, they keep cutting to the person listening while huh. the person, it's it is just like it's the most unnerving style of editing I've seen in a very very long time. But I wanted to mention that because I was uh, while I was at that festival, I was also part of a live podcast of the Important Cinema Club, and on that podcast, I uh, discussed uh, the the topic of it was strange and underloved Canadian movies. And on that podcast, I mentioned two uh, movies that we featured on this podcast, which was uh, Order can I, of One. Can I guess? Oh, oh please man. do. Sorry. Uh, P- please do. 
All right. Well, obviously, you already said one of them was Order of One, which thank you for mentioning that one because you know how much I love it. Was the other one Kill Them and Eat Them? It was not Kill Them and Eat Them, oh. though. I'm actually I'm pretty sure Justin is a friend of the maker, the guy who made Kill Them and Eat Them. I think he uh, might even be in the credits. But uh, yeah. the other I mentioned Meat Market as the second oh. one, and uh, one of the reasons why was not only its ambition, but also because it includes some hardcore pornography in the <laughs> final fifteen and twenty minutes. Uh, and the third movie I mentioned was uh, Kung Fu Elliot, the documentary, which I've been a great proponent of uh and it also also celebrates no budget filmmaking to an extent as well and martial arts cinema um and mo uh, i have watched a few movies lately i'm just trying to think of ones of uh of note that would be appropriate i did recently mo rewatch uh the guyver the uh live action i love uh, i love the guyver with uh mark hamill right with mark hamill uh so the guyver is a japanese anime then in the early 90s they had the uh, brilliant idea to make a live-action American version of it, and the the best decision was having one of the directors of it be Screaming Mad George, the special effects artist who uh, like worked on Society and Bride Reanimator. He's very good at making very goopy effects. He worked on the uh, one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street kills, which is the uh, the Roach Motel kill oh, from, yeah, from Part that's Four. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. And so, so this is a movie basically. It's as much of as a, of an effects demo as it is a movie. So it's just lots of rubber suits, monsters beating the shit out of each other. The weird thing about this, Mo, I don't know. When was the last time that you saw The Guyver, you think? It's been a few years. I remember running into it on, like, uh, pay uh, TV, like a, a, the Canadian equivalent of HBO in the 90s, and being like, what the fuck is this? Holy shit. Like, I was really into it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I watched the director's cut version. And the director's cut is really strange because not only does it have a really unnecessary intro title crawl now, it also has edited out some of the violence from the movie, which is – that's you don't usually get that in director's cuts, less violent. Yeah, right. And they've added these kind of anime transitions between scenes. It's actually less good than the original one by a pretty significant amount. So for those who don't already know that, I'd, I'd probably recommend the original cut – just like I uh, recommend the original cut of The Warriors and not the director's cut of that as well. Yeah, right. It, ha- it has a similar kind of problems. But yeah, The Guyver. So that's another movie. Uh, and uh, I do want to mention that at the What the Film Festival, I watched a Newfoundland uh, science fiction movie from 1994 called Anchor Zone. Now, pe- longtime listeners of the show know that I'm from Newfoundland here in Canada uh, originally. And this movie was meant to kind of kickstart the Newfoundland film industry. It cost $1.5 million. It was supposed to be this big science fiction epic. was immediately forgotten by everybody. They huh. showed it on 35mm at this festival. It is not available to watch in any usual form uh, here in Canada, really at all, unless you have a video store that might carry an old out-of-print copy. However, if you're in the United States, it is on Amazon Prime to watch. Uh, it's If you want to get a sense of what Newfoundland was like in the 1990s <laughs> and what a Newfoundland-styled uh, science fiction movie would be like – I am not saying it's a good movie, but uh, it is there to watch. So, uh, huh. listeners, <laughs> give it give it a watch and see what you think. Anchor Zone on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what I did watch? I don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode. I watched uh, the new Jumanji movie. Oh, which was uh, mediocre but fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was I was scrolling through my uh, my Facebook feed here to remind myself what movies I'd watch, and I got all the way back to March second, 
Uh, and that was the only movie that I had posted that I had watched. <laughs> so that's the only movie I have. But uh, I was reminded about the uh, the outlaw Johnny Black, the mm. uh, the new uh, the new Michael Jai White uh, film, spiritual sequel to Black Dynamite. Yeah, so that's super exciting too. So I mean, I know it's not something I've watched, but it's something I'm going to watch. <laughs> I did also watch the uh, our new Armando Iannucci movie, The Death of Stalin. Uh, the I the, keep meaning to watch it. Is it any good? It's great. It's really, yeah. really great. It's actually one of the best huh. movies I've seen this year. I mean, again, I love his work. I love right. the thick of it. I love In the Loop. I love yeah, Veep. Yeah. I mean, if you, it's it's much more kind of historically accurate and somewhat seriously toned than those kind of works because in this case you know on those i I was actually just reading an interview with him in those other works it's people fucking up constantly in politics if you fuck up in politics in in those contexts like you might get embarrassed it might be on the news cycle or whatever in death of stalin you fuck up and someone kills you and that's the whole thing it's just like everything everybody is terrified because any mistake they make might get them killed and it's uh it's it's hilarious the cast is amazing uh and i highly recommend the death of stalin well, as you say tomorrow's my day off so maybe uh maybe i'll i'll put down that remote control from uh, from monster hunter for a couple hours and check it out <laughs> if you could mo <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be hard it's gonna be really hard dude i i've got all these these armor builds in my head that i'm like <laughs> i want to try this i want to try that you know how it goes with video games anyway nope <laughs> <laughs> no yeah of course you fucking do no how many times you how many how many how many hours have you put into skyrim <laughs> oh i don't want to i don't want to think about it i don't oh, want to talk about it <laughs> Mo, on the next episode of no budget nightmares 2011's the taint oh but that's think, gonna be that's exciting that's gonna yeah. be fucking great that's gonna be a good time so we will be back very soon to talk about that but mo it's time for us to say good night Mother, 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 mother! Chili,